Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Friday night. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you are your place for the unfiltered experience, the place where we have unfiltered conversations designed to move your confidence, your perspective, and your awareness forward so you can have an awesome kick-ass life. I am Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, and this is... Scott Coyette, and that is... Christopher Rush. See, we both got it down finally. It's the opposite. It's the anti-intuitive direction. You push it the other and way. And I still have to think about it every time because I just want to go like, because I see you like, I'm like, oh, sure. I totally agree. Like but me going like this feels so weird when it actually points to you. Yeah. Oh Great. yeah, it does. Yeah. How's my brother Scott doing, man? It's good to see you. Doing good, man. Just um, dealing with the day-to-day uh, interesting parts of life, moving through stuff. Um, my big practice for the week has been stepping into observer space. So when the five things happen that we typically jump into our go-to emotion, whether it's anger, shame, sorrow, whatever, that sadness, I've been trying to step outside and say, no, I'm not going to attach to that emotion. And Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. I am failing big time this week. I am grabbing that emotion and I'm talking the talk and I'm not walking the walk. So how yeah. about you? How are you doing? You're, you're failing on that, huh? Hmm. Chris, every wow. single time a situation's coming up that's a beautiful learning op, I, I 10 seconds later go, oh, shit, I did it again. Oops, <laughs> I did it, did again. it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, no, my, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. There's, I have like, uh, I had a couple of days that were really awesome. I was feeling great and everything. In the last two days, my energy and just everything has just been kind of off. It's just been like, I just want to go to sleep and just like forget about it, wake up and, and feel better. But it's all good. I mean, it's the peaks and the valleys that we talk about on the show and the way we, like you said, the way we respond to them, the way we get more and more confident in being in that seat of observer rather than being caught up in all the bullshit. I mean, you know, you know, my Facebook account was hacked and it's been crazy, but it's like, I'm just patient. I know that I'll be back in there and when it happens, it happens. And right now it is what it is. Yeah. Just keep rolling with it. Yeah. Fail your way to success. Speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you guys for joining us, whether you're live or on the replay. We appreciate you as uh, always questions and comments are welcome. So please feel free to engage with us. We appreciate you for being here and always go back to, uh, to check out www.theunfilteredexperience. Check it out. Join us in the Facebook community. We love you. We appreciate you You guys are our unfiltered crew. And tonight we have an amazing guest with us. Uh, He's become a personal friend of ours in the show. Um, He is a a excellent person. He's a great dad. Uh, He's a motivational speaker. He speaks on college campuses. And tonight we're going to have a great vulnerable conversation about uh, imposter syndrome, about vulnerability, about, you know, seeking to really learn from your failures and whatnot, because they're not really truly failures. They're learning opportunities. And with that, we welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Fail. Mr. Dan, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience tonight. Hey, I'm excited to finally be with you guys outside of just the random chats here and there that we've there got. Go. Um, and what's I realized for me, I just get to point up. So yeah, I don't have to fail. figure out which way to go, right? Yeah, like there is no wrong or right way. It is does it does feel weird though. Yes. Yeah. Well, I could switch that real quick and put you next to me, and then you'd be like, okay, Yeah. Then I'm just gonna. Well, you know. And then it, then it's just an exercise and how much and how uncoordinated I am. And so I don't think that we need to go through that for everyone. <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever tried like brushing your teeth with the opposite hand or right with the opposite hand or do any of that shit they tell you to do? So I I do a lot of DEI like consulting work as well. And so part of it is perspective and putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And so I talk about privilege in that sense of, you know, well, it's a right-handed, right-dominant society. And so try to cut scissors with your left hand, write your name with your left hand, if you're right-hand dominant. Um, And so like part of it is just like understanding that your way is a way, it's not the way. Right. Like you, I mean, y'all remember those old, really crappy desks that are so comfortable to fall asleep in during class and like middle school, high school, they're all right handed. 
yeah. right? Like the, the little bar. And then there was like one left-handed desk in the class. And it's That's like, right. yeah, <laughs> you know, and like my, uh, one of my close friends like was left-handed and he was like, I have to take notes in pencil, but it still smears because pen just like gets it all nasty. Anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you guys both right-handed? Right-handed. Yeah. yeah. Dicks. I'm left-handed. <laughs> yeah. So I had that smearing thing. I actually, my, they taught me how to write like with my left hand like this. So I did that smearing mm -hmm. stuff. And then somebody once upon a time said, you know, you could write like this. And so I started writing sideways and it actually was much better. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. able to switch. And I started, I'm actually, actually ambidextrous. I cut with my right hand. I catch on my right hand. So I'm like all over the place, but I definitely write with my left hand. Yep. So I'm, no, so I'm left, so right brain dominant, whatever that bullshit is. So Dan failed. That is your real last name. Let's just uh, get yeah. That it's not way, right? it, like again. It's yeah. It's not a euphemism. Uh, legitimate last name. Born and raised with it. Uh, so you you pretty much have heard it all. Uh, what's funny is that I still get it. I'm 41 and I still get the like oh like oh you're gonna fail. And I'm like yep. Mm -hmm. My fail. Mm -hmm. There you go. Gonna do it. I'm gonna do it epically. Um, I remember when <laughs> when my my ex wife and I uh, were having kids at the time and I I was like it really doesn't matter what we name them because they're growing up with the last name fail. <laughs> Um, I was like, however, if I really wanted to mess with some people, I could name yeah. the kid. Right? Like, I was like, maybe I was like, if we have a third, I get full naming rights. Uh, and so I was like, I'm going to name the kid Epic, E-P-O-C-H, yeah. right? Like Epic Fail. Yeah. And then I was going to make awesome. their middle name Danger, right? I love Danger it. Fail. Epic <laughs> Fail, Danger's my middle name. <laughs> That's pretty solid. I, I kind of like just that. want that name. I'm, I might just change my name just for that. You know, needless to say, we only had two kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like that. I, well, truth be told, I mean, it was mostly a joke, but when my wife and I were trying to conceive and going through all the different processes, I kept saying, you know, people say, what do you, what kind of names? And I'm like, Elvis Bon Jovi Roush. And she would just be like, no. And I'm like, all right, no. well, just Elvis Roush or you're just Bon Jovi Roush. And she was like, hell no. Then we picked yep. Jackson. It was all good. I almost got away with Logan. And I really, cause I, I really like Logan. And then finally my, my ex-wife was like, are you, do you like that just because it's Wolverine's name? And I was like, <laughs> no. No, <laughs> maybe. Right. <laughs> I like, I liked it. Name. Yeah, that's right. I liked it, and I thought it's a yeah. it's a cool unisex name. Like I've known a, a Logan in my yeah, past yeah. that's a male and female, and like both were great people. Because I think that's the other part that comes into naming is like, well, I can't name it so and so because I've had a really bad relationship with a so and so before, and yeah. I, which I get. Yeah, she wanted to name her. She's like, what do you think of Joshua? And I'm like, no, no, I beat the shit out of a Joshua. I couldn't stand Joshua. Joshua had lice. I, I beat him up. I didn't like him. <laughs> so no, no Joshua. No, no, yeah. No. Yeah, um, no. But yeah, right before we were talking, before we went on camera, we were talking about, you know, speaking and whatnot. And you just did your first in-person speaking gig uh, for one of the universities. What is what is the last two years been for you, man? I mean, as a speaker, you know, getting out there on the stage of Scott's a speaker. I'm a speaker. I haven't spoken in a while. But what's it been like for you for the pandemic? What has it been for you as far as personal growth? Uh, gro growth and introspection and and uh, your your vision about what society is really about from these last two years. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, it so I, I joke with people and and we've been on Clubhouse and, and some of the different rooms together too. But like over the course of 2020, so uh, I think it was March 7th, 2020 was my last in person gig. Now, thankfully, in the the fall, and I've done some some other in person stuff since. But um, the all of a sudden, and April is one of my busiest months. I'm a sexual assault survivor and I speak during April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, and so to go from March 7th and then within a two week window, I basically did the math and it was like, I lost 70% of my income uh, for the rest of that year, uh, the calendar year. And I, 
it's not an exaggeration when I say I curled up in fetal position for the better part of 2020 <laughs> because to be a public speaker and then to not have a public, it was a weird feeling. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, just pivot and pivot and do this. And I'm like, I'm in a state of mourning. Like, and, and it took me a while through, you know, I, I had weekly therapy appointments, AO, um, which was awesome. But yeah, being able to, to unpack that of like the feeling that I had was mourning. I was mourning being able to to work with students in person. I was mourning the travel. I was mourning some of that, whereas others were celebrating like, I don't have to travel. And I'm like, I kind of miss it, um, you know, and, and I miss that ability to do it. So to over the course of the last two years, obviously more virtual stuff has happened. Uh, you know, more people have done online engagements and it's not like Zoom is a new technology, but right, I think right. the, the world has had to adapt to it, um, you know, for better or worse. What's been fascinating to see from, you know, really fall 2021 to now is that, again, primarily my audience is college students. What's been fascinating is to see that it's almost like we need to retrain them on how to people again. Oh, yeah. um, right. And so like a, a majority of my work is student organizations, fraternities and sororities. And so it's like, well, what do you mean I have to fill out a form to do an event? Why can't I just like show up and do an event? What do you mean I need to reserve a room? on campus for something? Why can't I just show up and have the room? And so there's this fascinating like back to basics, almost like movement that needs to happen to, I guess, re-socialize for, for lack of a better term, because yeah, yeah. we've forgotten how to people. And I think we, like I say we, I mean the collective we, not just students. I mean, we, I think as a lot of people have forgotten how to, because we've become, of course, there's now construction happening right now. Hopefully it's not too bad for y'all. Um, if it is, I can like put in some headphones or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think overall, like it's this fascinating piece that we can continue to like engage, but we've forgotten judgment or we're quick to too quick to judgment. We, it's not that we've forgotten it. It's we've forgotten how to respectfully disagree. We've forgotten how to be vulnerable with one another. We've forgotten really how to like connect on a relationship, personal relationship level. Uh, in so many different ways. And I think that that's just important that we give grace as best as possible as we continue to move forward. And that's what I continue to tell students and campus contacts. Like we're all readjusting to like a new normal. The old normal was garbage in general, but now what does this look like? And it's been mm -hmm. fascinating as well is that most campuses are now saying like, we'll go back to pre-pandemic productivity that's impossible. <laughs> like it's that is absolutely impossible. And so how do we actually pick up and move it all forward from here? I think that's kind of, that's where it's at. Yeah. I love I the love word the uh, grace, grace that you that brought, you brought up, up because that's something that's we all need to do. And another yeah. word, um, use the word fascinating. I've been using the word fascinating a lot where I see something and instead of getting that, why, why is this happening? I go, that's fascinating. And then I unpack it. And that's some of the things we'll be doing today is unpacking things. But I've noticed with simple word choice of instead of getting frustrating and judging, give someone grace. I like words like fascinating. And the other word of the week that you'll probably resonate with, too, is because there's so many people arguing with different viewpoints and you're trying to sit in a room and connect with everybody. When someone says something that's going to light a flame, I go, that's interesting. Ah, yeah, I'll think amazing. about that. And that word, I'll tell you, that is the ultimate diffuser to say that's interesting. And then you you continue the conversation versus you polarize and shut down. And the words fascinating, interesting, and grace have been 
amazingly useful words. What do you what do you think of those three? Because all I know is I've really been super selective with word choice to keep groups in line, to continue conversations going. And we know it's not easy. No. Yeah, I, I love it. I think what I also do is uh, when, a, when a student or someone is kind of says something that that's got that weight to it that, you know, like it's going to start. I'm like, mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit. Uh oh. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you just said. Like, tell me a little bit more. Like, I'm curious. I and so I, phrase, I, I do tell a lot of like, yeah. I'm curious because then it's me being curious. And so I'm like, I'm curious. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean when you say this. Like, help yep. me unpack it a little bit. Um, but that, again, curiosity, I think, can really help open the door to just be like, hey, tell me a little bit more about this because I'm curious. And that just builds the rapport in the relationship. Love it. I love that. I love that. It's it's one of the things that I've actually seen as well in that. And I, it was so funny you mentioned that because at the same time I was sitting there thinking about um, those conversations. I've had people tell me like, you know, be divisive or whatever. And I'm like, tell me more about, tell me more about that. And then the other question I'll say, if I have time is like, what would it feel like if you didn't have that perspective? If you had a, a more open-minded perspective about what's going on and you can see things from other, other people's viewpoint, what would that mean for you? And they're just like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, okay, that's, that's the end of the conversation with you. I can see you're closed-minded. But that also comes back to, are you listening or are you just hearing what they're saying? And so yeah. if you're allowing yourself to listen to someone's words, then you're going to stop, you're going to process, and you're going to take the moment to process without just like, well, I'm ready to respond. I'm ready to respond right now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And, and we as a society have really kind of ingrained that of like, what's next? Let's go. Let's like move it forward. I'm, I don't really care what you say because what my, what I'm saying is more important. That's, yeah. that's, and so that's why I say like, we've lost the ability to connect in, in a sense. Um, and that relatability is going to, I think, help us as a society, um, to be able to like break down the walls that have continued to be put up over the course of the, you know, the last however many years. So, nice. so, so where's the intersection between relatability and toleration or what we tolerate? Because this is one and I'm going to give you an example the other day that um, so I typically, especially as a coach, motivational speaker, professor, I love to find golden nugget opportunities. I'm like, ooh, learning op, let's run with this. Well, one of my failures the other day was it will never happen again. And it was the best opportunity ever. I had such a great opportunity. There's like 50 kids in the gym playing basketball. One of the courts got taken by karate. So everyone's waiting to play. And one kid for the game winning shot goes, uh, you stepped on the line. That wasn't a two-pointer. It was a one-pointer because we played twos and ones instead of threes and twos. And we all just said, all right, if he said that, we trust him. So they come down the court. Another kid comes over and goes, bullshit. And he, the kid was watching, was videotaping his buddy playing, and you could see he didn't step on the line. All five kids on that team said they saw him do it, and we weren't looking. And they all affirmed, go, yeah, I saw him, I saw him, I saw him. And so this is an opportunity. This was what I did with it. I go, you are so disgusting. I walked up to each player. I'm like, you seriously lied. Like, it's right here. We would have never seen that. You want to win that bad? You're that much of a cheater? You're disgusting. And I just lost Ooh. it because I was just so pissed off. So let's go to that because that's a, a zero toleration. I did not practice what I preach. That That is an example of what's been happening to me for the last week. I've been tolerating nothing. And I've had a real issue with what I would see as the problems in the world and they're showing up. The universe has given me so many opportunities and Dan, I am failing left and right. How do we bridge that in the moment to what do we tolerate 
Or how do we step back when we can say clear cut, not right, wrong, bad? And what do we do with that? Because because I'm failing. I want your opinion on that. Yeah, I think, right, like, well, and I jokingly, because with a name like fail, I'm like, if you don't become a leadership speaker and talk about failure, then that's just a missed opportunity. So, right, like, I often tell people that, you know, if you were to break it out, failures are intentional learning lessons, F-A-I-L-L, because that's how you spell my name. Um, but I think to that point of, like, tolerance, um, there's the moment of patience. And some of us, I think, have started to lack patience just because life, right? And again, this is the like give grace of life. Everyone's going through something. Yeah. Everyone is going, even if it's the like, Hey, how you doing? Like, oh, I'm fine. You're still going through something, whether you want to admit it or not to anyone else, or even yourself, you're right. all going through something. Right. So like you've been stressed out, Chris, you've had a lot of stress happening. I'm all kinds of distracted because construction was not happening all week and now it's here. Um, and so like, but I think Everyone has something going on. And so when it comes to that lack of tolerance, um, I'm I'm of the opinion that respect can still go a long way. Right. And so like for we'll use that example, your example. So here you have a, you know, like video proof <laughs> like this. And it'll like, never happen again. That like, was the most random like, thing. You have been busted. In the moment, that's where like, again, like and we all know this, like you take a breath easier said than done. You give some grace, easier said than done. You you treat it with civility, easier said than done, right? Like we can come up with all the things that coaches and things are supposed to say, but in the moment when it's heated, especially, it's the like, come on. Like in the, right? Like, and my daughter plays competitive sports and I'm, you know, and she's like club volleyball and I'm like, come on. Like, oh, wait, wait, this, she's 12. Like, hold on, like, I get, I'm, I'm not trying to say, hold on, hold on. Yeah, right? Um, and so I think for that moment, it's the, why did you make the choice to lie? If you all knew and it was that obvious and now we have video proof, like why would we make the choice to continue to lie about it? And that's the like developmental moment, right? Because I'm not mad that you lied. Right? I'm a little mad that you lied, but I'm not like upset, upset about it. But it's kind of like, help me understand why you thought that that was okay. And was it a solidarity move to like, I got you like as a teammate? Right. But then that is going to affect the entire dynamic for us all to continue to play. So then why would we want to continue to play with you in this game or in future games? The What you just said is really where I was going to. And I love that, that solidarity move, because we see that with political figure leaders. We see that with a musician. We see that with an athlete and somebody takes a stand and everyone runs with pure ignorance just to say, I back up mine. And you know, the word pride, the words patriotism, those are words that can come with some beauty and some, you know, collective uplifting, or it can be something very negative and evil. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, even leaning into that and fraternities are a great example, mm -hmm. you know, fraternities, you've got, you know, the people you're speaking to, it's us versus them, but it's our college. Like there's little mini tribes within tribes. Yeah. And we've seen the breakdown on campus. You've been an IFC advisor. Mm -hmm. I've been an IFC advisor watching this group hate this group this group but then they all collectively come together when it's them versus the school and then totally so so what do we do with that because if it's a solidarity thing that we will take the first step to lie or twist the truth mm -hmm. or do a little thing that's not fair how can we because that was my biggest issue is this i'm going if you do that here you do that at work 
you're doing that in your personal relationships. I go very fast. I go from micro to macro, massive. And I'm like, so you're probably cheating on your wife or girlfriend. You're probably, and I'm going like a whole thing. You, if you'll you do spiral, this, you'll like do you that. go down the rabbit hole is what happens. Fast. Because, because I look at the, because the indicators of those things for what the, you know, collective the temperature is for everything else. So, so what do we do? Yeah. What do we do? Because it's a, uh, it's, it's stressing me out still. And I think that's why I'm in this mood that I'm not being a good observer, even though yeah. that's what I teach and preach. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like what, you know, what do we do? And Chris, I'd love to, your thoughts on some of this too. Uh, what we do is I always try to approach it from an individual level. Collectively, you can't change an organization because the individuals in the organization have to want to change the organization. Right. And so when working with uh, organizations steeped in, we'll use your term pride or steeped in, which I hate this one, tradition, um, uh, right, like which is really just a local custom or tradition in a fraternity sorority sense is like peer pressure from dead people. Like that's what tradition <laughs> is. Okay? Yes. Um, right. So like, don't at me with any of this other stuff. It's a local custom. The reason you drink before this is a local thing. Your founders didn't do that six generations ago didn't do, or whatever it is like that's not a thing so don't at me with that but what i want to know is okay cool if you're going to throw a party continually on thursday night and give no fucks about it why do you feel like you need to and what when you start to break down the like why men feel like they have to i think that's when we start to get into the real cool bread and butter of uh the richness of the like well, if we feel like we're supposed to because we're the social outlet of campus and it's expected of us. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, tell me more about why you think it's ex expected of you. And so you can start to break down and then they start to realize like, oh, well, we really don't have to. And we're the ones always getting in trouble when others want us to host the party. So we're taking on all of the risk and putting our organization at jeopardy and putting our student conduct record at jeopardy so that others can have a good time at our events and we're paying for all the booths and we're doing. And so when they start to realize that again, like a choice, the internal choice, then they start to realize that they can affect that choice. And then that one, and it's kind of like the snowball or domino effect. It just becomes a bigger, uh, more impactful experience or, or movement. Once someone starts to say like, Hey, maybe this isn't the right call. And that's, that's, it's that in and of itself is an exercise in vulnerability when you're around 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, the solidarity movement of maybe this isn't right. And we should think about this. That person's most likely going to be targeted and be like, well, you're full of shit. And like, why would you lie? And why are you like, why, why would you do that? But there's a bravery to that. That is also never really acknowledged of it's okay to stand out, right? And to step up for what you believe in because that's how as an organization, that's how we as society continue to evolve and move forward is when someone says, hey, this isn't right. How do we address it and continue it? Right, I know, I love that. I mean, what you, 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 you both said the word expectations and I think that's for me where I kind of go back to is like, what is my expectation when I go out in a particular place that's a triggering event for me? So like, whether it's sports, I would go out and think, okay, competitively, I would expect that some people might not be on the up and up. For me in that, in that conversation and thinking about that, for me, it's my trigger is getting behind the wheel. Like I can love people and be totally patient in line and out in public. But as soon as I get behind the wheel, all of a sudden, like somebody does something stupid and my immediate go-to is what the fuck are you doing? You stupid mother. And I'm like, Oh, Hey Jackson. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, daddy just, 
you know, and, and he sees my wife do it too. My wife is way worse at that. So for me, it's like, okay, what is my expectation? But even to the point before that, something that I found that is really helpful for me is when I wake up in the morning, I say what I'm grateful for. And then I set the intention for the day. So as I'm going throughout my day, like yesterday, I was like, kind of just feeling mopey and like tired. And I'm like, did I set that intention this morning when I woke up? No. Okay. What do I got to do to shift my perspective right now? So I can get back in alignment with who I really am and what my legacy is about. It's not always perfect, but actually yesterday it really worked. It was like, okay, why don't I just go outside for a couple of minutes and play with the dog or do something like that? Change my pattern, change my, change my, my situation right now for a few minutes and see what that does to reframe my, reframe my perspective. But the deeper aspect of what I love about this conversation so far is the fact that here we are, three badass men who you know play sports and you'll go out there and, and conquer the world. But we're we're, we're being oh, normal. your boy don't play sports. Your boy don't play sports at all. I'm gonna put let's let's rest that one right now. I literally yeah, I in play, my masculinity, you know, and I'm like I don't do sports. I I cheer my daughter on. I know I know the rules of football. I have no clue about volleyball. Uh, but like <laughs> your boy don't play. I'm six two, and people think I do. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I will break something. I will spring myself <laughs> if I attempt to play. If I were to ever be on the court with Scott, here's what I would do. I'd be like, I'm first to be substitute. Who wants to play in <laughs> Which is my son takes after me. It's like apple tree. Like that is how we are. Yeah. No, I'm good. No sports here. I just wanted to be honest and upfront with that. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> nice. Um, but the deeper aspect of what we're talking about here today is vulnerability. We're all, I mean, Scott, yeah. you were just super vulnerable saying, Hey, I'm not walking my talk. You know, Dan, you're sitting there saying, Hey, I was curled up on the couch for a while doing that. I've had my own situations. What are your, what are you guys' thoughts on that? You know, the power of vulnerability and really being, becoming aware and seeking to go to that space to, so that we can further learn and grow ourselves. I mean, I think it's powerful. I have weekly conversations on clubhouse about vulnerability and, and especially with the male uh, population and, and the power of vulnerability as a strength to be able to recognize where it is that we might be failing, if you will, and what we can do about it. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Scott, I'd love to hear yours a little bit. I'll go quick on it. Um, I like to intersect the words transparency and vulnerability together. I think it's, and you re referenced it with the, um, you know, that person who's going to take a stand and say, hey, I did lie, or the student who's going to say, do we need the Thursday party? There's something about that transparency of showing who you are that initially is going to ruffle some feathers as you shift in frequency. There's no question that there's going to be displacement of some friends or some people that once were part of your world, but the outcome is always going to be amazing. And that vulnerability piece of saying, hey, I'm, I'm willing to look silly or I'm willing to shed a tear or I'm willing to say, hey, maybe I'm older. I'm not the best player on the court anymore. Maybe I need to be a role player. Um, Every time I lean into vulnerability, I walk away stronger. Now, maybe not physically. I can't, you know, do the same thing I could do at 25. I don't dunk over somebody or whatever. You could win in a fight or whatever it is. But I feel powerful. And when I say that, I don't feel it from here or physically. I feel it in my heart. I feel my ability to connect, my ability to serve, my ability to love intensifies exponentially every time I lean into both vulnerability and transparency. So that's that's my summary. Love it. They're cutting tile or some <laughs> shit over here. And I hopefully it is not too distracting in y'all's. I'm like, do I need to like whisper into the microphone a little bit better? Um, so hopefully it's not too bad on your end. Um, but I think so Tell similar to that. Stop. There we go. Yeah, right. They're like houses over. Um, and I'm at I'm at a friend's house right now because I was I'm traveling and I'm like, I need to set up for this. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, in general, this concept of vulnerability, I it is a choice. 
we as society uh, have done a disservice to men because we've said that we can't be vulnerable, right? Like men have to be stoic. We're not allowed to show emotion. Um, or the only time we can show emotion is if we're angry or when it's playing sports or when we're angry at sports, right? Like that's it that we're allowed to do. And so for me, I like to try to unpack it with my audiences. Like vulnerability can be very simple. It can be as simple as being curious, asking better questions, right? And so like if I were to just, and I, I have my audiences do this, what's your favorite holiday and why? That's a very easy one. But if I ask you that, so Chris, what's your favorite holiday and why is that? Halloween. Because I get to Halloween. Dress Why do you like Halloween? Because I get to dress up and scare people and eat candy. Right? Okay. Dress up, scare people, candy. So I now know a little bit more about you and your personality just from the why and why. Like, and right. a holiday is super freaking easy. I once did this and I had a woman in the back and she was like, Groundhog's Day. And I was like, that's interesting. Tell me more. And she said, because I love the movie. And I was like, bet we can be friends now. Right. But <laughs> vulnerability starts from this aspect of just asking questions. And they're like, well, tell me more about it. Or what do you mean about this? And, and like, help me understand. It's like this concept of the iceberg. We as people of what we put on social media or what we let others see is the top of the iceberg. But where you really get to know someone is everything under the surface. That's mm -hmm. where it's the like, and why? So if I ask you that question, that's a pretty easy question. But, if, but it, you never walk up to a brand new stranger or someone that you just met and be like, well, tell me about a time that you failed. <laughs> right? like Scott, it's so nice to meet you. Like, tell me, tell me a time that you really sucked at life, right? Like, you don't like that's not something that you open with, but it is something that we could build to. Yeah. And I think we often think about how many people you know a day that you pass, and it's just like, and and you both know the like the the dude language of, yeah, right. Like what's that's up? the what's up. What's right? up? Have a nice day. Thank you very what's much. Up? Right. And you also know you and that you have the intuitive. It's not taught to us, but you know the intuitive. Like this is the, like the height not up is the what's up, and then it's the like, what's up with you, right? Like that's it's the response, and then it's the like, mm, like if you go to the one of the other sides, it's like right. you got the little twitch. That's the like, pretty good. <laughs> like we know that, and we don't say anything. But also, you know, too many times I would see on a campus where it's like, hey, what's going on? I'm fine. I'm like. I didn't ask how you do I didn't even ask you that. You're right? obviously not fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we also aren't even paying attention, right? Like we live life on autopilot and we're just continuing to just go through a lot of the motions. Whereas vulnerability should teach us as, as humans, but really as men, it should teach us to stop. Hey, you know, I, I got a friend of mine, uh, Archie, he's a, a speaker and he's just like, hey, how are you feeling? And if you respond with fine, he's like, yeah. fine is not a feeling. So how are you feeling? I like and that. that that turn of phrase with like, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? How are you feeling? Makes you stop and think. And if it doesn't, because again, we answer on autopilot, that ability to really call back and be like, no, 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 I asked how you're feeling. I'm feeling a little tired, feeling a little stressed, feeling a little, great. But we often stop there. I'm feeling a little stressed. Oh shit, well, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna know any more about this. Like I'm gonna go <laughs> on with my life because I was having a good day. Be careful, Be careful what you ask for. for. Right. And but again, part of that is are you willing to then have the conversation? Hey, I know that you said you're stressed. I'm actually running around right now. Can you mind if I follow back up with you a little bit later when I'm in a better headspace to really help, you know, help you in that? Love that. That's not that hard. Um, when I was going through my divorce, my friend James uh, was just kind of like, you know, I was venting to him on a, on a lot of stuff. And he was like, Dan, how do you need me to show up for you right now? Great question. 
I was like, yo, what? I mean, and, and he was like, so, and I was like, I don't understand what you mean. And he said, well, do you need me to show up as your friend? Do you need me to show up as like an ear or a shoulder? Do you need me to show up as a coach? Do you need me to show? I mean, like he listed off four or five things. And I was like, well, D, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, can I have all that? Yeah, I'm like, and he's like, do you need me to show up as like the guy who's just going to kick your ass, right? Like, do you need me to be your no excuses coach in that moment? And I'm like, I need all of that, but I need it because you're my friend and we have a better bond and rapport. I'm not going to necessarily take to Facebook or take to like a random group uh, text thread and just be like, hey, this is what, uh, you know, the problem. But that ability for me to open up with with him I then started to post things on Facebook and social media. And this is like seven years ago when we were just choosing the filters for our food on Instagram, right? Like in those moments of really opening up, people are like, oh my gosh, I have a friend going through the same thing. Can I make the introduction for you? That level of vulnerability, especially in the social media world, uh, which is so curated, I think allows for the, the transparency. I post the good and the bad. I got really frustrated with a speaker yesterday uh, with some of their social media stuff and the mute feature is glorious. Um, (laughs) But you know, like they're just posting other people's quotes and in some cases passing it off as their own. And I have a big issue with that as someone who does vulnerability and authenticity uh, work with students. I'm like, that's garbage. And I disagree with that. Now I will have a separate conversation when I am calmer and when I'm able to like be in a moment collect my thoughts rather than then that reactionary space. But again, that's the choice that I'm going to make is I'll follow up. I want to talk to them, not necessarily about them. Also, there was a a lot of people that are like, what tea do you have right now, Dan? Like what, who, which account is this that you're muting? I'm like, that's not, I'm not going to out someone like that. That's not me. But being able to have those conversations that can be productive, that can be hard. We're not trained on it. That, I don't remember that life skill and I got a freaking master's degree and we never talked about any of that ability for male vulnerability. And I think we as society have done a disservice with helping young men understand the changing nature of, of life. But then like we've exponentially changed in the last 20 years as a society, which is needed. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think in those moments, being able to help young men understand how to cope, how to deal because what I have seen a lot of is that when things get hard, men do one of two things, um, or college-age men do one of two things. One, we shut down. Two, we go to substances, because that's a way to numb. Both are a numbing factor, but both are different, uh, related but different. And so that's actually where I get concerned. Uh, And there was a, uh, I think it was a Wall Street Journal article where there's a million fewer students enrolling in higher education right now. A million fewer students. To think that that's not, uh, I think it was in this, mm, I don't remember. I think it was in the US, but I don't recall. Um, But think about that. And a majority of that, a majority of that is is men not enrolling in campus. Now to think that that's not going to have a socioeconomic impact over the next 10 to 30 years or even longer is scary. On top of that, one of the quotes that stuck out to me was there was a, a young white man that was interviewed and he was and it was kind of like, well, why aren't you involved and why aren't you doing stuff? He's like, I just feel lost. That's massive for for men who have been, quote, in power, in control for so many generations, millennia um, to now all of a sudden feel like we can't make an impact because it's easier to shut down than to show up. Yo, we got some work to do. Um, and so I, I think that's where 
if we can work on our vulnerability and see vulnerability and mental health as like a connection point as important as physical health, right? So yeah. you go to the gym, if I'm gonna lift some heavy weights, you need a spotter. Well, vulnerability and mental health is heavier than your weights. So why can't we make it normalized to have an emotional spotter? For me, James was my emotional spotter. I'm gonna go through some stuff. I really need to unpack it. I'm gonna just gonna fumble with it, but I'm gonna do it in a space that feels safe and not judged and supported and really challenged to be like, well, is this what you really want? Is this how you're gonna, those moments and those friendships I think are few and far between because we don't know how to open up and really have those conversations, but it doesn't have to be hard. We just make it feel awkward and it doesn't have to be awkward. That's like talking about failure, talking about what like, Again, talking about imperfections is not what society has ingrained in us for the last however many decades. And so the more that we continue to chip away at it, we'll get something really cool, right? Michelangelo didn't start with the freaking, you know, like David, he had to chisel away at granite, which is not a soft, easy substance. But now you've got marble and you've got this amazing piece and this amazing sculpture that took a while to make because there was focus, there was intent. And that's what we need to do is continue to craft what that looks like individually, because it's going to look different for everyone. But that needs to then be accepted. The other part that's hard is when you're in a relationship, regardless of, of what kind of relationship. And I'll use like the, the heteronormative you know, relationship uh, model. But, you know, women often say that they want a, a vulnerable guy. And then as soon as the guy cries or becomes emotional or like or it just starts to vent, it's like, whoa, not that. I don't want that. <laughs> And it's fascinating to see like, well, I just tried to open up. And so now I've not only shut down in this relationship, I've shut down for years because now I know that it's not reward rewarded uh, in that capacity. And that's scary. That's real scary. Yeah, we've all been through that. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I've got a perfect question for both of you guys. Um, you guys decide if it's perfect. I just kind of prejudge that. You guys, you guys tell me like it. But, um, you know, you brought up some amazing points there, Dan. And I've been having a conversation with a lot of people on this, when somebody says that we want equality or equity, whatever group it is, I truly believe that in our heart of hearts, you know, as we're thinking through this, we, we want to find that, you know, equity, whether it's gender, whether it's race or whatever. But I think what happens is there's an initial thrust that will take us past that point. And so then we start, you know, saying, I just want what you have. And so it's almost like a flip. And so I've been asking that in a gender space a lot and saying, you know, I see these people who are, you know, feminist and whatever. I'd consider myself a feminist, but by definition, but I see people who say they're feminists, but they're like, well, we want to be in charge. Well, we want this. Well, we want this now. I think that's throwing a lot of people for loops. And part of the byproduct of that is exactly what you just said. There's a woman who's saying, I want this or whatever, but they're so used to the stereotypical man in their life that they want it, but they're like, oh, I really just wanted that for my friends, but you're freaking me out. So two, question for both of you guys. If we're both a part feminine and masculine with every being, whether you're a male, female, or you know, you, you use he, she, they, whatever, whatever you are, if you've got a, a balance of that, how can we become that and, and fall in love with that balance? Because, you know, for me, I was brought up in a, you know, be a guy, fight, 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 play sports, three sports. You can't play two because they might be like, what are you, a wuss? It's so <laughs> ridiculous. And so I'm sitting here like I don't even know where to go, but I'm finding my way. So I have my thoughts. How do we say I'm masculine and feminine? My vehicle is as seen 
but I can be so much of this. How do we do that as both the person changing and the person receiving as others are changing, like that woman you're talking about um, for both of you guys? Because, and this is a loaded question, but we're all trying to get there. And the more quickly a few of us can get there, the better this world becomes. So who wants to go first on that one? I think there's. By, be my guest, Dan. You're first. I, oh, great. Thanks. That's not loaded at all, Scott. Jeez. I think, I think it's important for us to lead by example. Yeah. I think that as soon as, um, as, okay, we'll just go with some generalities of what I have seen over the course of the last few years, even from like a, the, a Zoom speaker setting to now, um, you know, like, in two different examples, one in a college student setting, I'm seeing some guys being like, oh, wow, like we like it was really cool how like not only gregarious you were and how much of like a dude you were, but like you were super open with your stories. How are you that open and how did you feel that comfortable? I'm like, yo, I'm 41. This took time. Like this <laughs> is not this was not easy nor quick. I'm I'm from North Carolina. I'm raised in the South. Like you you are stoic with emotions. You are the, the epitome of the Southern gentleman. The problem is, is that that also is grounded in a lot of uh, a lot of privilege, a lot of stereotypes, a lot of racism, systemic racism that all needs unpacking in the midst of all of that. And so by showing and leading the way, I think can can show younger men that it's okay to open up and be like, I'm just really angry right now. Okay, cool. I acknowledge this anger. What's a good way or direction for us to like use this? Or why are you angry? And it's like, well, I'm angry because I don't know the other emotional options that I have. Yeah, that's key. That powerful. tends to be the go-to. Because again, like we're just, and then there's the testosterone and we're, and, and I see it in my son who's 10 and he'll just get angry and then he shuts down. That scares me more than him being angry. I, I, I still else. do that. I still, I still catch myself. And I, and I agree with you. Like, so... Yeah, go 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 right. down that road because I I I guarantee you every guy is listening right now. I, when I shut down, now I stay in conversation, but I'm like I'm not myself. I literally lose my ability to communicate. Like I'm actually doing it now, thinking about it. I'm literally losing my ability to communicate. I get angry, yeah. and then I'm like, why am I angry? I'm a good person. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. So talk that's about the thing. that. Here's what's great. There's nothing wrong with you. You are a human having emotions. Love There's it. nothing wrong that's with you. That's what I wanted to hear. should express it. However, yeah. there are more emotions than we yeah. have been taught to exude and express. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, uh, again, I'm divorced, so it's okay for me to say that I'm dating. Uh, so like, uh, you know, there's been times where I've, I've matched with someone and I'm like, you know, we're messaging and I'll get the like, wow, you're really open and honest I'm like yes like yeah. you're welcome i don't <laughs> good bad <laughs> like that's me uh and it's kind of like you know and i'll be like hey if you need to like you know instagram verify me like feel free to troll through just know that it's a lot of me speaking it's a lot of my kids and it's a lot of just like random posts that i think are fun or funny or whatever uh and like a, a woman even as early as a couple weeks ago was like you're okay with me looking like this was very quick. And I was like, if it comes off too quick, my apologies. I'm like, I just want to verify so that, you know, like I'm not a, a I'm not a random, you know, one off single guy that's trying to take advantage or do anything. Like I'm just, this is also the work that I do. I live in a consent space. So I'm one where like, Hey, like I will never ask for your phone number. And then I will always jokingly, if it's provided to me, I'm like, I will never send anything unsolicited. 
FYI, right? <laughs> like I want to let you know that that is a boundary, right? And unless I think, you want them, unless you want right? them. But 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 again, that's a consent piece. That's right, a yeah, massive yeah. consent piece of an that agreement and that communication happens, which means there's a rapport, means there was a relationship, means that we've Trust. talked about it, means that we've talked about boundaries. That in and of itself is powerful and powerful. And so the, the more that we can show, I think, young men and or men or humanity that that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to not be able to even name the emotion you're feeling. But the scariest part is the shutdown. I, I went through a bad breakup in uh, college and I was like, I never want to hurt like this again. I never want to experience this level of pain ever again. But what I didn't know is that by closing my, my heart off, yeah. I also stopped caring how I treated other people. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that stayed with me. I'm still working through that. And that shit was over 20 years ago. Um, and so like unpacking and figuring all that out, knowing that we continue to evolve, knowing that I am not perfect. I am not trying to be perfect. Um, I'll fumble through life continuously. What I'm okay do with differently. it. So, 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 is there, and, so this so is because you're saying 20, 20 years, years later, later, what would what you would do you differently, differently to, to not be in this, in this space now when you're still, still fighting fight. through it? Well, now I recognize it. I can name it. I can be like, oh, wow, like I'm feeling stressed. And when I feel stressed, me, Dan, when I feel stressed, I shut down. I stop texting people. I stop right. Like, and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling st- like I'm starting to withdraw. And then I force myself to interact. So uh, what I've information got a- to give a 20 year old who's sitting in an audience right now. What's the first thing I need to do? I'm 20 year old Scott. And I'm saying, I don't care about anybody else, but myself. And it's a massive defense mechanism <laughs> and I'm pretending I'm cool and it's working on the outside, but I don't feel good on the inside. What are you telling me right now? If we're in a large group setting, I answer it differently than if we're in a small group setting. If we're in a a small group setting, I want to know more. Why do you feel like you can't share that with anyone? Do you have friends? Who are your friends? Are they male friends? Are they female friends? Are they trans friends? Like, who are these friends that that you have? Why do you feel like you can't open up to them? Are you worried about being judged? Let's go through this a little bit more. Like, again, it's that unpacking of what makes you feel this way. And usually it comes from two places. One insecurities because I'm not allowed to show anything Two, because I feel like an imposter because I am here in this organization. I am here in this whatever. And why do I belong here? Now we know as human beings, we have an innate desire to belong. We are pack people, mammals, right? Like this is what we do. But I think knowing that there's a permission that we don't give ourselves um, or that society has not allowed us to give ourselves or we think, and this is part of it, we think that society is not allowed to give ourselves, that's gonna continue to like feed the thoughts, you know? And, and Scott, I know that you do a lot of mindset work, but like this, this is the territory that makes or breaks us all day, every day. I'm gonna fail this test, I'm gonna fail this test. Well then yeah, you're gonna fail this test. You're in your head about it. Yeah, like my daughter, my daughter is like book smart, sports smart, she's my little sporty spice that makes straight A's. And she's like, I failed my test. And I'm like, well, what'd you get? She got a 48. I'm like, okay, that's not great. And then I'm like, wait, what's the score? And she was like, well, it was out of 50. I'm like, oh, and that's right. a math. I'm like, girl, go. Like, yes. And so being able to celebrate, and I keep telling her, like, I don't need you to make straight A's. That's not an expectation for me, right? Like when I was going through college, my mom said, C's get degrees, okay? And she's a nurse. So that makes me a little concerned. But at the same <laughs> time, <laughs> at the same time, right? Like, I don't need your 
I don't need you to be the best. I need you to try to do your best. There you go. I don't want perfection from you. I don't, you get a 50 on, out of 50. Great. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. You got a 40 out of 50. Great. I'm so proud of you. You got a 25 out of 50. What's going on? Right. And I like out of a no judgment, I'm mad at you for the score. No, what's going on in your world? And that's the question that I think is not asked. What's going on? It's the, well, you know what you did wrong. You got too drunk. You know, you did this. You failed a test. They know that. No shit, Sherlock. Right? Like, I know that I screwed up. I want to know why. So when I was a campus administrator, I would always have guys like I was a judicial officer. So people would get sent to me all the time for like, you know, drinking underage or whatever. But sometimes I would get the binge drinker who broke stuff out of anger, out of whatever. Like you tore a freaking urinal from a wall. I got to have number one. That's strong. Like, like, I can't say that that's props, but that's impressive. Uh, but I'm like, what's going on? Well, I just got too drunk. Okay, but why? Everything is choice, right? Like everything is a choice. I'm going to make the choice to open up to someone or not, right? And and I'll use an analogy. And I do this, you know, in, in larger keynotes and workshops too. But um, all right, so I'm driving, right? To use Chris's analogy, but I'm not going to like give people the number one finger. Um, but like, so I'm driving and there's that like, it's the red octagon. It's got a word on it. What is, what is it? You know what it is? Never seen it. Never right. seen it. Slow, it's the slow and go, right? <laughs> right. It's the stop sign. Oh, so, damn. So, yeah, right. Like, that's what it's for. So I'm at the stop sign. How do you know when it's safe to, to do what's next to go? Like, how do you know when? When I finish my beer? Yeah. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Jesus. Right. But like. Oh, sorry. I'm just. I'm not doing well here. <laughs> I'm, you failing this test. You are getting a 25 out of 50 on this. No, but I think. Right. Like, you. You. In theory, you've come to a complete stop. You look and see if it's safe. But how do you know when it's okay to go? The sign doesn't tell you to go. You have learned when it is safe and when you are supposed to go. That is a choice that you have made. All behavior is learned behavior. So when you're acting a fool or when you're getting too drunk, and this was like looking back over 20 years in college and everything too, like I was making choices because I was in pain. I was heartbroken. I felt like I didn't fit in. I was stressed and I didn't know how to like get that stress out. So I turned to like a bottle, which was always there for me because it wouldn't let me down until it was empty. And there's always another bottle, right? That was choices that I was making, but I wasn't opening up to people to really unpack why I felt alone, right? Like one of my biggest fears is to be alone in life. I live alone and I'm divorced. Okay, I'm doing great right now, y'all. But like I have deeper friendships. I've got you guys, I've got others. Like I'm at a friend's house now because they put me up and I'm like, I really need to like do this podcast. Can I just come and set up shop with some freaking construction? Um, but I think like these are choices that we make. So we make a choice to open up or not. We make a choice to drink too much or not. Uh, and, and I think in those moments, if we can understand why the choices are made, then we can help people understand that they control that behavior, but then there are others around that can help them. I've got a close group of friends now that I really didn't have this close group of friends until I was probably 35, 34, 35. And we'd go on vacations, you know, pre-pandemic, we'd go on vacations, we'd do all this stuff. And I'm like, what could my life have looked like had I just been more open and honest and vulnerable from, from 15, from 10, from 20 on? But I can't look back and regret. I can look back and reflect and see what I can do different now. 
that's where I can address the imposter syndrome. That's where I can figure out what's going on here to really help me understand what's happening. And I don't have all the answers, which is why I do therapy, because then I have someone to talk to, right? Like, yeah, yeah. so important. And, and, and that is what's important. I talk to my therapist about some things. I talk to my friends about some things. Maybe there's the same thing, but being able to open up provides so much opportunity for us to grow. And that is is almost what feels stifling in an age of phones and and perfection and you know comparisonitis or right like, <laughs> right like comparison is the thief of joy ben franklin right like I, I think being able to know at least i think it was ben franklin um i can google it but like being able to look at it we have an opportunity um we have a responsibility but that also means we have the ability to respond to what's in front of us Dan fail on the unfiltered experience. Hey man, we got to get you back on the show when there's not when there's not a tile going on and there's not a massive echo on your side. Hopefully it wasn't too bad, y'all. I feel so bad. No, no, it was all good. It was all good. It's just another reason to have you back on because there's so much more we can go into in this conversation. So I think it's brilliant. We'll have you back on and keep this conversation going because it's powerful. I mean, not only men need to hear this, but women need to hear this to understand it from what's going on with the men in their life. I mean, that's something I've become super passionate about lately is is making sure that we're having those raw and open conversations and, and being transparent and seeking to understand and really like you're saying get to the root of the situation don't just just don't just dabble in the symptom don't just go oh, hey are you doing okay uh you know really ask those questions hey can you tell me more about that hey if now is not a good time can we talk about that later so dan this has been an amazing conversation thank you brother where can people get a hold of you to continue the conversation with you so it turns out fail not a common last name uh and so i am dan fail on all social media platforms that is the website as well dan fail f-a-i-l-l uh because you just go twice as hard in the paint with the last name fail so uh facebook instagram's dan fail website's dan fail there's some downloadable resources on imposter syndrome and things like that on my website so please feel free to hit me up i respond to all the dms uh so you can cha-cha slide into the dm and i'm happy to to chat Cha-cha-cha, slide into the DM. Dan, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for being here, brother. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. We'll definitely have you back on the show soon. I'll send you the link to get that on there and we'll keep diving into this conversation because it's powerful. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and being raw. You, Scott, as well. I mean, this is just a powerful, great, uh, mm-hmm. way to, you know, be a little bit a part of that, that example that we want to set for other people. So, uh, I appreciate you brother. We're going to put you backstage for a second. We're going to close out the cool. show. Don't go anywhere. Uh, cause Scott, Thanks, guys. Want to talk to you, but thank you, Mr. Dan, Dan, Scott, fuck. You know, I love it when the conversations are fire and they're just like, just, it's just like you were just sitting here at a bar, uh, you know, a coffee shop, having a great conversation. People are listening. What did you get out of the conversation with Dan? Uh, mostly, man, I, you know, it's, I, I think that, you know, we've talked about this. Some of the best coaches are, if not some of the best, the best coaches are, are mirrors to one another. So when you and I talk, we're mirrors from one another. Dan just brought that to the table too. Uh, mentioning the words grace. And I heard the word fascinating. Um, we've got to give each other more grace. Um, I'm failing in that this week. And then Dan comes up to remind us. I mean, we're all here for one another. His point about connection, you know, going back to that 20 year old person where you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're numbing yourself, whether it's through some kind of, you know, drugs or sex or whether it's coming in and just saying, I'm not going to talk to anybody, all numbing agents. And so giving ourselves grace, giving others grace, understanding there's a lot expected from all of us. And that's why I was talking about that masculine feminine within all of us, you know, trying to find that and evolve into exactly what we were always meant to be, which are these beautiful beings that connect and serve one another. 
Um, he touched on a lot of those points, and I think this needs to be continued because, like you said, there's a lot more that can come from it. And I, I think people probably got a lot out of that, and hopefully people are sharing this because I loved listening to it. Um, I think it was beautiful, Chris. I think it was very vulnerable. Hell yeah, that's what we're about, brother. That's what we're about. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let us know what you think about this particular episode, whether you're watching it live or on the replay. Please consider sharing this out to your social media uh, networks. You know, it's a powerful conversation. Put it out there with some context and let people know what it is that you got out of the conversation. Entice them to come check it out. And we'll definitely be having Dan back on the, the broadcast to continue this conversation. And if there's anybody that you guys feel would be a great fit for the Unfiltered Experience as a guest or a topic matter, please let us know. Let either Scott or myself know. Go to theunfilteredexperience.com. Join the facebook group let us know what it is that you want to see what you want us to talk about and we'll gladly entertain that so ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you guys come back here every single friday night 5 p.m pacific standard time the unfiltered experience the place where we have unfiltered conversations just for you i'm christopher roush this is scott goyette and we'll see you <laughs> next time here on the unfiltered experience we love you guys love stay you classy, stay kick ass and stay wrong